Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up. There might be some Camp Cretaceous Season 3 spoilers in this episode, so just be warned. Uh, if you don't want to know anything, please feel free to skip this episode. But have fun. It's a great episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Everyone, remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, uh, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and... Then... Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? (laughs) This was all John Hammond's dream. (laughs) Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 277th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we are back with your letters and your calls for the Jurassic Mailbag. Jennifer Evans once again joins me to sift through the mailbag and get to the bottom of all of your thoughts and concerns for Jurassic June. For 2021, it's going to be so much fun. Can't wait for you to hear this one. But just in case you want to be a part of the next mailbag, you can call our voicemail line at 732-825-7763. You can email us audio files or your questions to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you could head right over to our contact page over at JurassicParkPodcast.com to fill out our contact form. Now, even though you haven't heard this month's episode just yet we are already collecting questions for the next mailbag so get yours in right now so i want to jump right into the episode so why don't we go ahead and get this episode kicked off by diving into the jurassic mailbag jurassic mailbag Jurassic Mailbag with Brad Jost and Jennifer Tarek. We're back again for the Jurassic Mailbag for the month of June. It's Jurassic June. And uh, hopefully we got some good questions and things lined up here for the month of June. It's a big month for Jurassic fans. Uh, and there's there has been uh, quite a few things to talk about. And uh, to talk about all that stuff with me, I've got my good friend Jen here. What's going on, Jen? Hey, happy June. Happy mid-year. <laughs> oh, no. Mid-year. Oh, my mid-year. gosh. How? How? I always start these I episodes by just yelling about how I don't know how we've gotten here. but Because <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know how we've gotten here. I don't know how we're always here and, and it happens. I just don't like, know. I feel like we record. I, like, type up some articles. I record an episode and then, like release some videos and then all of a sudden we're recording again and i'm like <gasps> i feel it i feel the same i feel I'm, the same yeah. but you know a lot of things happened in between our recordings so i'm excited cuz i don't yeah. know what people are going to ask but i mean a lot of things happened the whole um velocicoaster queue happened which was so epic oh my gosh oh man so, 
Yeah. I don't know if anyone's going to ask about questions. I don't know what you can really ask other than like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And so much better than the um, Hollywood one. So um, Mm -hmm. that makes me excited that Orlando like gets something really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's going to talk about that or not. I feel like, uh, you know, it's a kind of a specified audience where like you have to be a theme park fan or and listening to the podcast and just like, you know, an overall Jurassic fan. But I don't know. Let's talk about it for a second, because that was amazing. Like I I figured at some point, you know, you're going to watch some Q videos and there's, you know, you're going to have Owen and Claire in there, Dr. Wu, um, just like out in Hollywood. But this time around, like. They went to the next level and they like built this nice, you know, area that really replicates uh, a watchtower that's like at the attraction. And you get Claire uh, Bryce Dallas Howard up there in the tower, um, and she does she does great. She's awesome. Chris is awesome in that video, um, and it it just re- it feels real. They feel like they're characters. So let me ask you this: Is it weird that 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 Claire is she just always wears like this kind of outfit? <laughs> No, it's how it should be, and the world is aligned, <laughs> and it's epically perfect. Yeah. Um. Let me tell you, because my life, you know, I've been going to theme parks forever, and, yeah. you know, you go in the queue. I've done Transformers. I've done the Harry Potter lands. I've done the Star Wars lands. I've done the immersive queues and all of that, and I'm always walking through these queues. Like, little Jen's always going through these queues. Like, man, I wish my favorite thing <laughs> Was like this would be epic if it was my favorite thing because yeah this is cool for that it's nice I like being immersed in that but I mean it's just like I wish it, they would do this for for X like my thing and seeing this queue I mean like I said the Hollywood one is pretty cool and the queue video is pretty cool and that blew my mind but seeing this one and seeing the video walk through and seeing how it's done and the props and the the, the, just the immerse immersion into the world I want to be immersed in like more than any other world and then like just seeing the big screen and it, the video is so perfect and I love that it's just them on a loop like the other one has other pieces a lot of other pieces to it but mm. it's just that on a loop and it's so perfect the whole thing it's better than Hollywood's and even the shop that they did, that tribute store, like that's the that's the store I want to be immersed in. Like that's what I want to go see when I go to a park. I want to be there, and they're fine. They they made something like I feel like they made it for me, my thing, and I mean my stuff. I'm you know I'm party of one on like ninety percent of my interests, so my stuff <laughs> never really gets chosen for things, or or my my people never get chosen for things. So yeah. I mean, look at the first first line of Mate- um um. The, yeah. the Hasbro stuff, I guess, the first line of, of toys and all of that. I mean, there was Claire nowhere and, and yeah. barely Claire in the second thing. I mean, it's my my people don't don't get um, put on giant screens and queue lines like that is not an experience I have. So for the fact that 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 is actually happening is so like gratifying. It just makes me so happy every time I see it. And I just cannot believe it that it's like my turn i'm so excited seriously i know it's like it's an interesting place to be right now because i straddle the line of like theme park community and jurassic community obviously um so it's been so fun to kind of see other people talk about this and experience it and you know talk about you know uh, Claire and Owen and their interactions and Mr. DNA and just Velociraptors. It's It's been so awesome to kind of see everybody talking about Jurassic 
Um, so it's been so fun. But I, yeah, I cannot wait to to visit that store and to uh, see that queue up in person and the ride itself. It, it's, it, they just nailed it. They nailed it. And having those two, uh, specifically, you know, Chris and Bryce there, uh, in the attraction video is amazing. And it, like, they, they nailed the banter back and forth mm-hmm. and it's, you know, you can kind of consider it canonically, like in a way where, well, not really, because there is no coaster that goes through, but like it, their, their banter back and forth, um, it feels real and it feels like, you know, would it be, it would be before that point that we see in Jurassic world. So, and it has that, that touch of, you know, that back and forth that they have at the, at the bungalow or, or whatever, you know, in Jurassic world. So it's spot on. It's awesome. I, I really love that moment. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, can't really explain it, but it's like, it's different than Hollywood for sure. Hollywood's felt more like, okay, I got this job. I'm going to do this job. I'm going to read the script. I'm going to do this thing. It's fun revisiting this. Okay, great. But this one felt more like light and fun and just at home and like a comfort level. Like, it just feels different. And it feels very comfortable to watch and just to be immersed in. I think it's just, I'm so glad Orlando got that too, but it's, it's so, so wonderful to be like, wow, I, I can walk in the store. I can walk through this queue. I can see this giant screen. Like, this is my world. And you know what I thought of? Um, How we did the exhibition, how we stood in like one room for about yeah. three hours and <laughs> yeah. just looked at one thing and then went to the next one. I feel like that'll be me in the store, in the queue, like in the whole thing. I'll be like, just walk by me. I, I just got to stand here like for about three hours and then move on. <laughs> Well, luckily you can. It's it's not like a you know a moving line or anything through the store and stuff like that. But yeah, the queue would be another another thing, I guess. Yeah, I'd like to just like yeah, just roam that entire thing after the park closes. But uh, yeah, at least a store you can kind of roam through and have your free reign of the place for a long time. I, I did that, you know, for um, you know the Halloween Horror Night tribute stores and stuff like that. You can you can just go in and hang out, and it's just like an environment that you want to be in and you've, if you it feels right you feel like you should be there so yeah it's been a lot of fun but um what was the other thing that happened there were, oh camp cretaceous i, I want to ask you about that oh, i'm yeah. sure i'm sure people will talk about this uh like did you get a chance to watch it like right away did you watch it pretty quickly after it uh, came out um yeah i i don't know exactly the day it came out or i don't remember the day i watched it either they probably were pretty close i mean within a day or two it took like two days to watch it um but yeah i mean i really liked it josh is saying it's the best season of of all three so that's good and i kind of agree i like the first one though but i do like um this one it was very interesting to see where they're going i love the um connection spoilers i guess all over the place if you haven't seen it but i love the connections with um the fallen kingdom and that came really quick though i I guess six months that makes sense but it felt like it came really quick but um i like that i like i like the whole thing and i i tweeted how i one thing i'm like we're going through all these different spots where is claire's office just go through claire's office i want (laughs) to see it like that's it like just go there and i mean why not they're going everywhere else but it was cool to see the old them to go through the old park area and that one that's sad that it fell down but like everything that had to do with that and and blew all up in there like that was really neat. It did go to a lot of good places. I, I liked it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It it went everywhere. Yeah. I agree. You know, I think, you know, Josh is spot on there. I think this is the best season yet. 
and there's just so much stuff in there. And so, you know, maybe they didn't go to Claire's office, but they went to so many places that felt like grounded in the world that that we yeah. know and it, it felt right. And they expanded upon a lot of really fun things like attractions and uh, you know, just different parts of the island that it was really cool to see. You know, some of the other seasons did that a little bit, but not I don't think as much as this one did. And it connected dots. It it brought you know, all these things together, the the two movies, uh, Jurassic World movies and this show, everything is now like feeling really connected. Um, did you get a chance to see those Lego sets that just popped up? Uh, they're kind of, they're like um, Camp Cretaceous sets, but also have like Owen and Claire in them? Uh, actually, just today, just today I was scrolling through and I saw them just super briefly, but um, I didn't really zoom in or click and make them big or anything, but I did see that they are a thing, like the big um, fossil skeleton thing and Oh I yeah, just yeah. But yeah, it, it I gets. Know, I didn't know they were in it though. That's that's because I, I didn't look in it that deep. Oh well, you gotta look. You check out. Uh, I know Collect Jurassic posted about it, um, but um, yeah, they look awesome because there's. I think there was yeah. There's four different sets, and they feature characters, uh, you know, from Camp Cretaceous, but also like Claire. So this one set here, I'm looking at has oh, wow. has Claire, it has Brooklyn and Ben, a Sticky Moloch and Bumpy. And it, it's mm. amazing like to see them interacting. I know it's just the Lego sets, but like to have Claire there with Brooklyn and Ben, like how that's amazing. That's really amazing to see. And it, you know, I not that I think that this is going to be anything that we ever see on screen at any point, but like this this little tease is getting me like hyped for the potential and what if and like just thinking about yeah. it all, all because now there's other sets with like there's a set like you said the T-Rex uh fossil mm -hmm. that's thing that's the one I saw yeah that's I amazing now yeah cuz Owen, Owen's in that one so that's why I probably mm -hmm. didn't jump you're on like it. Eh, yeah, yeah I it's see it now. um but yeah that one I has just assumed yeah that's normal yeah it but has I see, uh yeah. Darius and Owen and a baby trike and so that's really cool to have them interacting and then other sets of course oh no does Claire yeah Claire only gets one set sorry um mm -hmm. but like having all these characters Sammy Kenji and Owen um what what's the other one the other one is uh, uh Darius I don't know that looks like some sort of boat captain or something like that Yaz maybe and Owen um, and then like a baby raptor yeah, the boat one looks awesome. And that like that boat one specifically made me think, ooh, maybe maybe there is some some connection here. I don't know. But, you know, they're probably just fun Lego sets. But, um, hey, it would be awesome if they actually – there's always like some sort of synergy between these Lego sets and uh, what happens in their TV world that they've built. You know, they typically release these sets and then there's they do relate to whatever Lego project that they're making. So – you know they mm -hmm. released a ton of um, uh, what was it? What was the name of the last show? The, the Legend of Isla Nublar or something like that. Um, and they all like all correlated with the show. So maybe there's like a Lego future for these characters with Claire, with Owen, with with Darius and the crew. That would be really fun to see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how they would do that. They're kind of, I mean, two different worlds in a way, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I yeah, well, with the Lego stuff, if they ever made, like, a Lego version, it it doesn't matter. Like, they could just make <laughs> their own story where, like, Owen and Claire just showed up on the island one day and, like, the kids were there or something. <laughs> it doesn't have to matter whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, if, if it ever happened in the future, because, like, the outfits that they're wearing are, like, Fallen Kingdom outfits. So, obviously, like, 
that timeline wouldn't necessarily work unless these kids got stuck again, you know, somehow <laughs> back on Nublar until three years later when Owen and Claire came. And then they, you know, we didn't see it. J.A. Bayona didn't point the camera at it, but they all interacted. <laughs> Yeah. I hope not. Totally. totally. <laughs> so uh, we've been just talking, uh, you know, about random stuff. So why don't we go ahead and get into some of these questions? So I was going to say, we actually haven't answered anything. <laughs> no, we haven't answered anything. Uh, but maybe we maybe we actually answered everything. We don't know. We, we have no right, idea. Right. So uh, let's uh, let's see. This is the first one here. It comes from Darcy. And it says, uh, this was, uh, I think, like an email or, or something. Uh, yeah, way to go, me. It says, hi, my name is Darcy. I'm 12, and I love your show. I've been listening for several months now and love it. I have Jurassic Park, the book, uh, but I got it last week. I've been speed reading every day, but I've only gotten up to the third iteration, shaking my head. But I will listen to all of the episodes again after I've read the second, uh, third, and Third, third. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing and stay Jurassic. Uh, awesome. Thanks, Darcy, for, for writing in. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, I always love to hear uh, specifically like the younger audience getting into the book. That's always really, really cool uh, to have people, you know, continually picking up that original book, even though we have, um, you know, movies and TV shows and all this fun stuff to watch now. But uh, it all goes back to that book. And I just had a chance to reread it with the Jurassic Park Book Club. So, Darcy, once you're done. Take a listen to the three episodes of the Jurassic Park Book Club. So, um, but yeah, it's it's so much fun. Uh, I don't, I don't, you don't read, do you? No, it's really bad. It's really <laughs> bad because they say that like you're supposed to read to your kid all the time, and the more you <laughs> oh. read to them, the smarter they get. Oh my gosh! Oh no! I'm so sorry. I'm failing so bad. I don't Poor think kid. I've read anything. <laughs> We tried reading yeah. a Dr. Seuss book once, but then he just wanted to eat the book. So we're like, it's not worth it. So we well, just didn't. You got you to gotta go for like the little golden book, Jurassic Park, or the little golden oh, book, Mr. That. DNA. Yeah. He has that golden book, Jurassic Park. Um, yeah. It's you know, very new. We, we just got the uh, Mr. DNA one. And of course, I sat there with him the other night and I was like, well, hey, I'm Mr. DNA. And I did like the whole voice and like I went oh. into it. I read the entire book in Mr. DNA's voice and and it worked. Like he he was actually really into it and he's like, I love Mr. DNA. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So maybe it doesn't make him smarter, but he loves Mr. DNA. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, one of these days, do you, do you ever think you, do you foresee yourself in the future reading Jurassic no. Park by Michael Crichton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never been that person. I've never been a book person. I've been a numbers person since day one. I mean, I you couldn't get me to read books hmm. in elementary school. Like, I just never read. I hate words. I hate well, spelling. I hate sentences. I just don't <laughs> like it. So I'm not good at it. I'm just not comprehension is it's exhausting i don't know why like i it takes me a really long time to even understand words so i just hate it oh i man. could do math yeah. problems anywhere but words i just struggle so so you it piqued my interest when you said you're a numbers person because like constantly in that book there's just sequences of numbers and <laughs> back and forth it's like interesting like on a, a scientific level and i'm like Maybe you could get into that portion, but it, the comprehension of this book, like you kind of mentioned, like, 
you know, it, it can be actually like pretty hard to comprehend it all because there are so many numbers and theories yeah. and, and scientific discussion and, and stuff like that. So it's, it is actually very hard to comprehend this past time around. Um, I feel like I, I really officially got a good grasp on it. It took me, I don't know, four times reading through this book over my life or, or more. I, I don't know how many times I've read it at this point, but like it took me so many times to actually like really comprehend it and really understand everything and hopefully remember. I don't always remember these things, but I actually, this time around, I like sat there reading while listening to the audiobook. So I was doing mm-hmm. both. So I'm like, I like set the audiobook to like, one and a half speed because it felt like a natural reading speed. So when I was reading it, I was also listening and then writing notes. So I'm pausing, putting the book down, writing notes, doing all this stuff. So it was like, it was like I was back at school and I was like studying this book and I feel like I have a good comprehension of it now, but it is, it is very hard. You know, there's a lot in there um, for somebody on our reading levels, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah see everything you just explained about like listening and then reading and then noting and think oh my god not like no 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 i'm just not even gonna touch it i'm just not yeah it's well not happening that's that's my problem that i have to struggle with just because of like the podcast and stuff like that where i want yeah. i want to comprehend everything and i do that with camp cretaceous when i when i did season one when i watched that i we had the screeners and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to to watch it again. I didn't know how it worked. I was like, am I going to be able to see this and press play again? Or is it a one-time deal? So the first time I watched it, I was just scrambling tons of notes the entire first time I watched. And I felt like I didn't exactly comprehend the, the, the episode. So then from that point on, I'm like, all right, now I just got to watch it and just like take it in and then watch it a second time and take my notes and do everything I need to do. Pause, rewind, do all that good stuff. Cause like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of bad at, uh, just comprehending on the first go around and specifically with books. Like it's a lot to take in. I I have to sometimes go back over sentences like three or four times, but you guys don't need to to care or or know about all of our reading struggles. (laughs) Do you, is that what this podcast is about? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, our difficulty of yeah. like words. Yeah, well, luckily Darcy's long, young enough, so uh, you know, keep with it, keep with the reading, because you're gonna need it. Because I, you know, I do it all the time here on the show, and you, you guys all know apparently how much I don't like reading. <laughs> so I find that hilarious that a lot of times it gets mentioned on a voicemail or an email or whatever it is. So anyway, Darcy, thank you so much. Uh, for she didn't even in. ask a question. No, nope, nothing. Spent like 20 just, minutes on that. Just letting us know uh, that, that uh, the book has been or is in process. So uh, let's move over to a voicemail here. Uh, where are my voicemails? Here it is. This comes from Harley. Hey, Brad, this is Harley again. Uh, hey. I heard your guys' podcast, uh, the beginning of May. Um, I got a barrage of questions for you guys this time for you and Oh, Jen. boy. Uh, my first question was the one I asked previously, which went unanswered. Or you guys answered it, but <laughs> I was the quality of my... Wait a second. Went unanswered. I, I'm like, checks out. It actually checks out. I get it. it... <laughs> for a second, I'm like, wait a second. Oh, wait. No, he's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> Call wasn't that great, so you guys couldn't really understand it, unfortunately. 
but uh, that question concerned one of the Jurassic Park. It was a uh, Lost World toys, so the figurine. Figurines. I think there was like a group. It wasn't grouped together, but there was like a uh, a group of like four different characters basically. And the one character was impossible for me to find when I actually started when I was collecting these uh, toys and stuff at the time when I was younger. Obviously, was uh, he had like a, a Terminator Terminator type arm and legs. And uh, for the life of me, I was never able to find him. And I was curious to know if anybody ever actually found that figurine. Uh, it was like um, the Dino Wranglers, this one, I say, as far as uh, the group was. But this was the uh, like the bad guys version of it uh, for that toy line that they did. And my next question would be uh, concerning uh, Jurassic Park comic books. Uh, Tops did most of them as far as I'm aware. Do you think that they should do a series on Netflix like they did with Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous, but be more geared towards, you know, adults? And I realize, you know, Camp Camp Cretaceous is, you know, for kids, basically, but it's still adults can get into it as well. It's concerning, like, uh, subject matter, like uh, people being killed, but, you know, do you actually see anything? Things of that nature by the dinosaurs, people being eaten by dinosaurs, things of that nature. And then my last question would be, uh, after Jurassic Park Dominion comes out, uh, what's going to happen to your guys' podcast? Is your podcast going to go extinct or or not? I hope not. Because like I said, I enjoy your guys' podcast and I hope you guys can keep on put out uh, good content even after Dominion comes out long after. All right. Thanks. Bye now. All right. So there we go. I forgot to take out my notebook to uh, jot down all the questions like I usually do. Where'd my pen go? Oh, here it is. Um, all right. So let's go back to that, that that toy question because I think I might know. I think I got the answer now. So actually, he had mentioned that uh, it goes back to like the Lost World, but it actually, I think it might be a little bit earlier. Um. For it was like a series two of you know Kenner Jurassic Park, and I believe he means the Evil Raiders. All right, so with the Evil Raiders, you had um, uh, Doctor St- Doctor Snare uh, Skinner or something like that, um, and they they look like really really wild dudes. Like they, like uh, Doctor Snare is just like a shirtless dude with like this like jacket kind of thing over his shoulders and stuff and he comes with like a baby carnotaurus i believe um and yeah they're the evil raiders and what was the other guy let me let me take a look here um skinner i believe right uh he looks like aquaman actually a little bit which one's that uh oh Uh, oh, the skinner Skinner looks like oh yeah i can see that i can definitely see that yeah yeah he's like he's like the uh he's like aquaman's dad or something like that But uh yeah, so these are like really fun. I love the the vibe of like the 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 lettering and stuff like that. The evil raiders. Like that is su- super cool. It's kind of like 80s, 90s vibe. Um and this is the stuff that I love about the old Kenner line is that they made these like really interesting choices with characters and people that didn't matter at all to like the film series. Like there is nothing about like this character any of these characters that you would see in Jurassic Park right Skinner 
Dr. Snare, you would never see these guys in, in, in a movie. Um, but, you know, it, they're super interesting to play with, to make a story around. And I, I love that. And so the one that he was mentioning that he never found, I believe, was Scrap Davis. Now, Scrap Davis um, was a prototype. So I, I don't know uh, what ever got out there. Sometimes prototypes, you know, get out there. I'm not really sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, he had like, he had, um, a mechanical arm, mechanical leg. Uh, and, uh, it says right here, I'm looking at jptoys.com and it says the idea of replaceable limbs was developed in Terminator 2 toy line, which was also developed by Kenner. So it's like this kind of like, uh, crossover there. It came with like a like a baby Dimetrodon and this giant like grappling gun looking thing. And I think that's probably what he means because it, you know, is supposed to be along with the other evil raiders. But like the other guys, I said, there's no way you would see them in, in a movie. But Scrap Davis. I don't know if you've, you've checked out a picture, Jen, of Scrap Davis. Yeah, I'm looking at there, him now. <laughs> there's no way that guy would be in a Jurassic movie. May, I mean, maybe at this <laughs> point, Hoskins comes back with like, you know, a middle arm or something like that. But, but uh, yeah, I don't think so, you know? Then I clicked around here, and I don't know. There's, like, other ones. There's one, there's a guy with just a Jurassic vest on, and Oh, yeah, Harpoon, Harpoon Harrison. Is that who that is? I've uh, never seen any of these before. Oh, Please. so, yeah, there's a few others uh, that are part of, like, they're Oh, the my dino goodness, Scrap Davis was real. He actually happened. He there's a packaging and everything and a price. Oh really? Yeah, is he has a really? Toys R Us label on him. Let me Ooh, let me see what? this. And he came with um a little Dimetrodon, I think. Huh. Here, let me find our window. Where's our? Okay, yeah, chat? I do see. I do see a package here. Oh no, you know what? Oh, you see the package. This this looks like somebody photoshopped this. Where did that note come from that you just sent me? Uh, all right, here. Let me see. Fans Corner. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Oh, you're right, because yeah, the card is from the other guy. It's mm -hmm. definitely Photoshop. Um, you can look at the Dimetrodon. doesn't even fit in the... <laughs> I know. I got really excited. Yeah, I, just got, I saw it, it and I clicked. I got excited. It yeah, does kind of look like it, there. but yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what the extent of any kind of uh, leaked out toy or anything like that became. But um, but these other ones, the Dino Trackers, I have a few of them. I, I know. I think I have all of them. Um, Harpoon Harrison is is one of my favorite Jurassic toys ever. He came with like, and he's he's not a evil raider, but he's a Dino Tracker, and it's again another one of these fun toy lines, and. Uh, he came with a baby Brachiosaur, and it's just the best dino hatchling that they made, I feel like. And I love that character of Harpoon Harrison. He's got his vest, like you're saying. He's got an open chest. Mm -hmm. You just see his bare chest and his short shorts and a backwards hat. I'm like, this dude is awesome. Like, <laughs> this dude is killing it. Yeah, I mean, he stood out. I was, there was a whole bunch of that picture, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. That, mm -hmm. that, that dude's kind of cool. Yeah, oh, Jaws, Jaws Jackson oh. was another one. Jaws Jackson's really cool. Uh, T-Rex Turner is another one. I, I only got him more recently. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and actually, I just got another one today. Oh, I got the, uh, actually, from this same line, Series 2, um, Robert Muldoon. I literally just showed up today. So oh. that's that's awesome. I haven't had him before. It just came with him, not the, uh, the baby raptor or anything like that. But um, so hopefully that's what you're talking about 
Harley. So I think uh, I think we've nailed it there this time. I know last time we were like scrambling around, had no clue. I uh, yeah. So I'm glad we could uh, talk about that a little bit farther. But uh, yeah, I can never imagine Scrap Davis coming to fruition at all in any sort of thing. But maybe if we were to get some sort of you know interesting, more adult centric comic uh, or Netflix show or something like that, that could be pretty cool. Um, what do you think? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. Did he mention anything about it being animated? I feel like I don't know. Um, he but, said um, like from the comics, like based on the comics. So I guess it could go either oh, okay. way. However, they wanted to make it. But I mean, I'm all for other series. I mean, adult versions, oh, of course. PG thirteen, whatever. I mean, yeah, bring it, bring all of it. I yeah. watch all of it. Yeah, my only you know thing would be I just I don't want it to go too dark. I don't want it to be like the rated R thing. I know a lot of people want to go for that. That's not my deal. I think this is still a family franchise, even though some of the stuff can be a little brutal and, and uh, you know, violent at times. But uh, that's why we I, I shield my kid's eye. I'm like, hey, you know, don't look. Look over there. Uh, there's dinosaur toys over there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, would, I mean, who wouldn't be interested in, in more shows or even comics? I know for a while we kind of thought that I think IDW was going to make some comics centered around Jurassic World or somewhere around there. And uh, obviously that never came to fruition. <laughs> so I remember just like sitting there like waiting and waiting and waiting. Like, where? when are they going to announce? Oh, here comes something. Here comes some event. They're definitely going to announce it here. Nope. And now here we are in 2021 and we still have no comics and uh, we do at least have Camp Cretaceous. So I do, I do feel like Camp Cretaceous is a good show for all ages. I know a lot of people like to say that it's, like, strictly for kids, but, like, I don't know. I'm open to all kinds of stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I like – I'd watch it. I, I I do, actually. So, yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'd watch it if it came out. Oh, yeah, yeah it did. I watched you know it. That's right. <laughs> and then what was the other thing there was a one more question do you remember do you have any idea oh, after... it was if we're going to continue the podcast oh. after dominion well with the way our brains are going right now probably not i don't <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah i yeah definitely we'll, we'll still be here we're, we're going to be going I strong jen i, I don't know if you'll be here not doing it i don't know <laughs> Exactly. Like, I don't I, remember my life before it, and I can't see my life after <laughs> it. So. I feel like so much has changed, like over the past several years of doing this, and uh, you know, the entire community is has become something really fun to participate in, and having you know you and others as like really really good friends and stuff like that. So it's not really something that you can easily just say like, "All right, I'm done," you know. Maybe, maybe one day. And honestly, even if I was to ever stop doing it, I feel like I wouldn't stop or I wouldn't, I wouldn't let it die in a way. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't go the way of the dinosaurs. It wouldn't become extinct. I, I feel like it would have to be something that I'd be like, all right, here, here, kid, here's the keys. And I would just like chuck Aww. the keys at some like young Jurassic fan, you know, and, and to be off. like, you, you figure it out. I've done it for 45 years now. So, um, <laughs> I don't know why I like I, I moved to New York and I I you know I don't know I just sound really gravelly now so yeah that's the thing um but uh yeah so I, I wouldn't worry about it ever going away but um I think I think the longevity of it is due to having so many contributors uh, a lot of it you know doesn't necessarily have to fall on my shoulders I can I can do the editing and releasing and scheduling and all that stuff but like a lot of people participate and that makes it a lot easier. So 
Um, I, I don't ever foresee us going away. I feel like there's going to be a lot to talk about after Dominion. And then, of course, we have probably a lot more stuff after Dominion. So I don't I don't think yeah. it's dead. I don't think the franchise is dead at that point. I think there's a lot of room to grow and to create new things and, and to keep talking. Yeah, I mean, with the, just the popularity of how it's kind of been rejuvenated recently in the last, what, five, six, seven years or so, uh, I, I think they're going to take that and run with it. So they're like, this this franchise is here to stay. So they're going to keep making stuff. So we're going to keep making stuff. Exactly. And over the years, I've like um, I've said to myself, oh, you know, <clears throat> we're going to be in between movies. <laughs> uh, we have three three years or whatever until the next movie. Um, in, some t- in like maybe a few months, I'll probably do every other week. I'll do an episode every other week or maybe like one or or so a month or something like that. And uh, yeah, that never happened. That never happened. We've literally (laughs) never slowed down. It never stopped. And like, yeah, there's always something to talk about. And, um, you know, there, there was maybe a few times where I like paused. I think one time I paused for like four months. Okay. You know, whatever. But I came back and we've been, you know, doing it con- consistently ever since. And we've had little hiatuses here and there. But, yeah, I don't foresee it ever going away. If in the future, you know, things get slow, maybe we do it once a month or every other week. But I think I think we're going strong for the time being. So thank you, Harley. Uh, glad. Hopefully we answered everything. Hopefully we answer it. I think we did, right? We got it this time. I think so. I think we did. All right. So thanks, Harley. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, and this is... Uh, Again, I don't remember where I got this, an email of, 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 yeah, I think it was an email from Chewy, and it says, hey, Brad and Jen, uh, first off, thank you so much for all the content. I know it takes a lot of your time, <laughs> and I hope well, you know we all appreciate the podcast so much. Anyways, I have a few questions. I hope uh, I hope it makes this episode super long. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. All right. First, if Colin came to you and told you Universal... <laughs> Hey, hey, Brad and Jen, Universal is going to bring out the checkbook to create a live-action 10-episode miniseries to be aired on Netflix, spared no expense style, full CG with top-tier actors. And then he asked you for your story, what do you want to see? What would you choose? Uh, what, What style? What rating? Some examples are... Hammond backstory, Muldoon and Roland, Tem- uh, Roland Tembo adventures, Hoskins backstory, live action, realistic Camp Cretaceous, etc. I know Jen is going to choose Evolution of Claire, so go with something else. So maybe describe something you've always wanted to see in this franchise. Also, it will be hard canon. Uh, I personally like to see uh, a post-JP3 pre-Jurassic World dino uh, roundup with the first episode being the hunt for the Spinosaur and the final episode, spoilers for his final episode, being the hiring of Claire and Owen. Uh, So that's the first one. The second one says, Second, something I've mentioned before but never sent into the mailbag. I have heard you guys discuss Dr. Wu being involved with Biosyn and a possible opening scene of him working with Dodgson as a backup for Nedry's crew. Uh, Did I miss something? But uh, isn't Biosyn a competitor of InGen? Dr. Wu is clearly self-centered and wants to be solely credited for his creations. Why would he help the competitor? 
He doesn't come off as money hungry, but more like a mad scientist. I guess that now, uh, I guess now that Ingen, Ingen, Hammond, and Lockwood are gone, he might jump ship and start working for Biosyn after Fallen Kingdom, but not before that. What are your thoughts on that? Thanks again, and sorry for the long email. I hate reading too. <laughs> <laughs> See, oh, I told you he really gets us. I'll tell you that. that he yeah, that really was amazing. Gets us. That was that was perfect. That was perfect. It's like. He, he knew when we were going to like interject and say something. And he's like, you're like, oh, I got one evolution of Clark. Nope, 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 no. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was great. So let's go back to that first one, which is kind of very similar to the last question. Right. So the, the, the theme continues. Yeah. All right. So we didn't we didn't luckily we didn't necessarily go deep into like something we'd want to see. But we have before we've kind of talked about different things. Let's try to come up with something different because there's some fun. Uh, you know, things we've kind of, I feel like we've talked maybe about Hammond. Um, I like his idea about Muldoon or Roland adventures, um, Hoskin backstory or a realistic Camp Cretaceous. Um, I thought that actually would be great. I was, I was thinking about that the other day, actually. Um, uh, and actually I was thinking about like a Camp Cretaceous movie. Like if they decided, you know, Hey, one of these times we're not going to release season four, season five, we're going to release Camp Cretaceous, the movie. And it, it, would, it would just be like, it wouldn't be live action, I don't think, but it would still be this, the characters, but just like two hours long and uh, something big and explosive. Um, so I think that would be a fun thing for them to do. But I do I do really like the idea of, uh, of a live action Camp Cretaceous. That could be a lot of fun. Um, okay. My first answer was a live action <laughs> series of the evolution of Claire up to the opening of the park. Fine. Um, so that's off the table, but let it be known. That's what I would spend all my money on. But anyway, okay, so that's off. And I like the idea of seeing um, – I, I think we've mentioned this, and I know we want something fresh, but, like, just the idea of how they got from the end of Jurassic Park 3 to Jurassic World actually being a real park. Like, how did that happen? Where did the – who? where did the money, like, exactly come from? How did those conversations go? How did they even – get all the information and the research to to do those. I mean, I, I get some of that, but I would like to see this, this more of the story of just how that all lined up and, and who mm. was involved and the whole building of it and the problems when building of it. And then like the solutions they came up with and, and different things. Cause it was a, obviously a well-oiled machine at that point when we got into it, but I would like to see a lot of the um the early years of it I, I would like to see how it came about like where these people came from and just how it formed and i think we've said that before but that is still something if you want to take evolution of claire out of off of me um that would be i would like to see the park and again it doesn't have to be claire centric it does not have to be i'll stress that um it, it's just the building of the park itself and like where it came from and how how all that came together i think i would be very interested in that yeah, I think that would be awesome. Um, I I don't know. I feel like we've talked about so, so many possibilities. So I don't know where to go. Hoskins' backstory, uh, I don't know if there would be a ton of interest there unless it was, you know, something that's centered around uh, that whole incident where they capture the the pteranodons, right, from, from Jurassic Park 3. That could be, you know, something interesting to see. Not necessarily like a season or anything, but like a movie or something would be fun. Um, but yeah, if Universal, I like actually this kind of goes um, 
in line with uh, Chris Pugh posted this earlier tonight, I think, and actually Universal has been following that trend, uh, posting like a little gif and saying like, hey, like if you were handed the keys tomorrow of Universal Studios, what would you do? And I remember he said, uh, you know, hire like a team of people and a cohesive team to actually like understand this franchise. Not that, you know, people haven't already, but like there's not like a team of people that work it out, make sure everything works together, canonically speaking and all that. Stuff. And I'm like, yes, that is what we need. So mm-hmm. I, I would say like, keep your show. I want those keys to be able to 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 have a team to work on stuff like that, like Chris said. So, um, but yeah, um, we've we've definitely discussed Hammond thing. Mm-hmm. The JP three thing for me has always been a really actually. Um, I I really want to know what happened on Sorna. I think that would be a really interesting story. Like what happened pre-JP3, pre-The Lost World, because, you know, at, at some point this island is destroyed, you know, uh, by a hurricane, and it's just like, I feel like there's a story there, and I think it could be pretty interesting, because, I don't know, this place isn't, isn't obviously isn't fully, it's not like these dinosaurs are fully roaming around. There are fences intact in some areas. Um Obviously, there's a massive bird cage, so there are like boundaries in place. But something went awry, and uh, you know, basically just like Jurassic Park, you know, everything kind of got out of control. But I, I want to see like a, a nice story centered around that. I think it could be kind of interesting to see how that island was evacuated, and just just be a different story than Jurassic Park, but in a similar vein. I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree with you because I know that that's a Sorna is a big thing for people, and we don't really have much on that at all, really. Um, especially in 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 things like little series and and focuses and stories and stuff. So yeah, I I agree with you on that. That would be good. It's a kind of an untouched topic, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's so many places to go. I think in this franchise, but uh, Sorna is one of those that everybody seems to gravitate towards because. It is mostly uncharted territory, and we only know of that place as after it's been, you know, destroyed and vacated for a long time. So, um, yeah, I would definitely like to see what it was like when it looked good. Like to be able to walk past that mural that you see in the Lost World, where uh, I think it's that scene with Nick Van Owen, you know, trying to use the uh, the radio, and you see that massive, which is actually inside the tribute store down in Universal Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, that mural of like the, the the explorers and like the visitor center, and just like I like to see that brand new. Like, what did that look like? You know, when somebody was freshly painting it or something like that. Like stories like that would really intrigue oh, me. That and would I think, be neat, though. Yeah, like the whole the whole scene would be like them being like, "All right, what do we want to put here? Okay, who can paint this? Let's do it. Let's yeah. start it." And, like that would be neat. That'd be amazing, and I, there's so much room to explore there. And uh, hopefully, one day, hopefully, one day we get something like that. So that's our. I think that's good enough answers for that first portion. Uh, second one was about Doctor Wu. Now, give me your thoughts on Doctor Wu. Um, I kind of think that he is, you know, somebody that's been behind a lot of this the entire time. Do you think that there's more to him, or do you think he's just kind of the scientist that's been along for the ride and, and take, taking advantage when he can. 
Okay, here is my problem, I guess, with Dr. Wu. I feel like there was never a fully laid out plan for him or his character. And no, they yeah. just kind of went with what worked. And it's messy because he just seems to be changing teams all the time. They're writing it as some writing off as some kind of mystery. Like, what's he doing? What's his real end game? What's his goal? What kind of person is he? Is he a villain? Is he just in it for the science? Like, win the money? Like, who is he? And I don't think they know who he is because it's just he's changing all the time. He's he's one person, then he's the next. And then they're they're just writing him for convenience. And even it seems like in Camp Cretaceous, like uh, what was that? Brooklyn was kind of talking to him and she was questioning him. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know who I am. Like, I don't know where I stand. Like, he, he yeah. doesn't even know. So I don't know. That's my problem with him, that we don't know who he is. He doesn't know who he is. And I don't know if, like, the people in charge know who he is or who he <laughs> should be. Or That's my problem with him, I guess. Yeah. I, I do like and appreciate that Camp Cretaceous was able to subtly bring, like, a, a different layer to him where, you know, you do see Brooklyn talking to him throughout the third season uh, in, in those two episodes. And... um you can kind of see something behind his eyes where he's contemplating and he's he's actually like considering what Brooklyn's saying in a way mm-hmm. and and he's actually he he honest honestly like felt like surprised and and happy to see her alive you know because she that 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 entire crew when they first arrived to the island he was super annoyed by them he wanted nothing to do with them but like to come back six months later and be like you got you guys are still alive like he actually like looked like he was like happy and relieved in a way like i you know i thought you guys were dead in a way but um but yeah there's definitely something more to him and i feel like that's going to help establish like his role in dominion right where he's contemplating he doesn't like exactly what you're saying like he doesn't know which side he lands on um and i foresee him you know making the right choices i think in dominion um but um but actually really quick um that what we're just describing as him that would technically be like just a character i would love like that should be a character that i would love someone who is very torn on the line of do i belong here do i believe in that what is my morals what do i really want like all those questions all those thoughts all those where do i fall oh i'm coming up across like really bad because he comes across as like a villain but is he a villain like that textbook should be my character like i i think i should love someone like that but it's just so all over the place and so like night and day all the time and it's never really explained it's never you don't have a chance to really um get in on him except in camp cretaceous those couple moments i was like okay wait now we're we're getting somewhere but this whole time it it hasn't been that so in theory i should really love him he should be one of my favorite characters but it's just it's just a lack of like coercion i guess for for him i think i think it's mostly the fact that like he has such little screen time right i think camp cretaceous probably is his most screen time in this franchise right like so to not you don't you don't really get to know him a lot in the movies you you get to see some of his motives and stuff like that but um you know even in falling kingdom they could they could do some things and they have some time to do some things like there are time there are some scenes here and there like when he has that night that long scene with mills like there's some things uh, but it just they just don't it's just it's very weird yeah 
Yeah, I you know he like I was I was gonna say he, in Fallen Kingdom he kind of goes back and forth where like you see him being super happy all these dinosaurs are selling but then at the same time he's he has like a conscience about like letting the uh indo raptor you know be sold he's like no you can't do that like so he's he is back and forth this whole time and uh, so going back to this this theory about him you know kind of being behind it this whole time in a way like um he you know he mentioned here in the email that like that He's a competitor, right? At the be- in Jurassic World, in Jurassic Park, technically, you know, he's a competitor to Dodgson and what they're trying to do, right? So why would he, why would he join their team if he wants the sole credit for what he's doing? Um, I think a lot of that in, in my head. Obviously, this is all like headcanon in a way, and things that I'm projecting for the future. I think that um, it mostly stems from. John Hammond, right? So we saw in in Jurassic Park that John Hammond was neglectful a lot of the times when it came to building this park and obviously paying people. Uh, uh, Dennis Nedry uh, was was the prime <laughs> example there. So you know he did, he didn't pay people enough. He, I feel like he just probably wasn't a great boss overall. So I could definitely see you know a conversation where Doctor Wu is is not going to be getting the the credit deserved. For his creations, you know, maybe John Hammond will tell the investors or tell him to his face, like, yes, yes, of course, you, you've got all the credit in the world. You've done it all yourself. But I feel like when it comes to it, he's he's going to really want that credit, and he, he probably would question if John Hammond would actually give it to him. So that's why I would feel like he, was, he would go to somebody who has promised him, you will be, you know, in the spotlight. We will make you you know, uh, the, the Michael Jordan of DNA, dinosaur DNA. Like, you know, you're the, the and I use Michael Jordan, but that's like, well, I guess it kind of timeline-wise makes a little sense um, <laughs> back in the 90s, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that Biosyn or somebody could be a team that would say, we'll give you front and center if you make them for us. You know, we're, if you work with us to make Jurassic Park fall, We'll scoop you up and make you the forefront of Biosyn. You get to be the face on every video, on every website, or whatever we have. You're going to be front and center. So I feel like that's where my idea goes, where he would switch sides because he wants the credit where credit is due. And I I don't know that John Hammond would give it to him. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I guess, yeah, that's, that's one personality trait of him, I guess. I could see him doing that for sure. But again, I don't really know. I don't know where his moral compass is. I don't really know what he really wants. So it's hard to say for sure. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I, I think he, you know, I think the the main thing he wants, and, and like, you know, the email says, he's not money hungry because I, I don't see him that way either. I don't think he's out for the money like, like Nedry is. I think, you know, Dodgson would be like, look, all right, I'll give you a cut too. I'll give you uh, five... Hundred thousand, and Doctor was like, "No, no, no! You keep your money, but you give me the credit." You know, like something like that. I could definitely see that kind of trade off where he's not money hungry; he just wants mostly the fame. I feel like out of it. Um, so, yeah, I think that could be the reason why. But um, hopefully, that kind of you know works it out for you there. Uh, thank you, Chewy, for the uh, for the email. Um, but yeah, you have anything else to expand on before we uh, move on? Uh, nope, that's all I got to say about him. 
All right, so let's move on to a voicemail here. This comes from Jake. Take it away, Jake. Hey, Brad and Jen. Hey. It's Jake. Um, I just thought I'd call real quick because tomorrow's transportation season three, so I'm really excited to see it. But I thought I'd call before so I could just... I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. Okay. I <laughs> The school year's ending, and I thought I'd just say, at my school, I'm known as Jurassic Jake. So I want to know what what were you known for in school? And yeah, um, Campus Teacher Season Three. I'm really excited for it, and I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm excited to see what's all about what E750 is all about and <laughs> I saw surprise, this surprise. video on YouTube about like some hadgets so I don't know what that's about but yeah anyways <laughs> I thought I'd leave a quick voice now before it comes out so bye awesome well there you go that's that's from Jake there and I, I actually love that question um, hopefully first off that hopefully you enjoyed season 3 uh, I loved it Jen loved it it seems like mm-hmm. so uh, a lot, a lot of good things in there, but, um, and E750, like that's a, that's like, I feel like a thing that you could either really, really like or dislike a lot. So hopefully they went the right direction for you. <laughs> what did you think about it? Did you, did, were you into the Scorpius or Scorpii? I guess there's two of them, right? So, um, I think me and Josh both should agree that it should have had a scorpion tail. That was the, the loss on it, but I sure. think. Yeah, that was the one thing. But it, uh, what we say? We said it was like a mix between the Indominus and the Indoraptor, I guess, with spikes. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, but were you, what were you known for in school? Did you have anything like this? Oh, uh, you know, let's go. Let's take it back uh, a few years. Back. Let's go back to school. I don't, don't want to uh, go back. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to do a lot I of guess- reading, you know? I guess it depends on who you ask. To some people, I was invisible. To some people, um, I was like the musical Broadway person who knew Broadway musicals and stuff. And to some people, I was like the chemistry, honorable, smart math person. So I guess it depends on who you ask. Three different people, like three different cultures of people (laughs) knew me as three different things. (laughs) Well, I would say... I would say I well I don't know you as those three. I know you as definitely the two of them. Those things, right? I don't I don't see you as a you said an invisible person or something. Yeah, definitely. So that's that's not what I see, but I definitely I can see how that all panned out, right? I I feel like it worked out. Um, <laughs> but uh, for me, I don't know. I mean, I so back in in third grade. When was that? That was literally 1993, I believe. Um, <laughs> um, so when Jurassic Park was out, and and or whenever the whenever the score was out, or whatever, whenever I was in third grade, I uh, I did a, a presentation on on Jurassic Park. We, we were supposed to do a group project, um, and I you know I put together a project with another kid who ended up getting sick the day of our presentation, right? So I, I, 
and as a as a school a kid in school, like I did not like going up in front of the class. I was not somebody to just start talking, uh, you know, to just different people. Like honestly, like the first day of school is like one of my nightmares. Like going into a yeah. class and finding a desk, not my thing. Um, so this this is why like podcasting is such a strange habit for me to be partaking in um because it's the opposite of everything you know you know um, you know what's really really sad though i loved speech class and anything because people actually listen to me because <laughs> they oh. never listen to me ever like i said the invisible part um <laughs> like the big portion of the invisible part it was so nice to be in front of the classroom and like talk and people actually hear what i had to say so i actually loved public speaking wow. a lot okay Wow, we're we're on the opposite ends there, huh? They were so, forced to listen to me. So, like, I I had a public speaking course in college where I was like, I went to the first day and I'm like, nope, 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 not doing this. And I, I went and changed it. it. Oh my god! I cha- I had to change it. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I, I first off, I it was that. horrifying just arriving to that class and then to hear what we were going to be doing. No, no, thank you. Oh my god! It, you know, I did an I, entire. I did an entire presentation on Broadway, um, old New York theaters and what yeah. used to be there and who built them. And that, like to have people actually listen to me talk about that stuff was so exciting. Oh, my gosh. Not for me. And maybe this is the reason because my you know, partner got sick that day that I was supposed to be doing the presentation and then it ended up all falling on me. So maybe that's why I got a little like mm. stage fright. I don't know. That's actually like I'm just realizing that right now. Um, could be. Could be. I feel like sometimes you're like, why am I afraid of these things? And you don't really know, but that could be the reason. Um, but anyway, I had to do a project on Jurassic Park and I brought in back then you had, you know, a massive like boom box, and I brought that in with my CD and uh and I played, you know, that the track one and 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 however long it took me to, to get through this project but like i literally made a podcast back in 1993 <laughs> like the oh exact goodness. same thing that i'm doing here like i i i went up in front of everybody i hit play and you hear boom uh you know you hear that <laughs> beginning of the score and like and i was reading about jurassic park and so I don't know that I would necessarily say that I was known for Jurassic Park, but like it has obviously been a thing for me forever. So, um, but I think, you know, I was, I was into sports and stuff. So I played sports and, and music too. I was in, you know, I was playing in the school band. So throughout my school lifetime, I feel like most people knew me as like somebody who plays sports or plays in the band. So yeah, uh, I didn't have any cool nicknames like Jurassic Jake or anything like that. Um, Actually, I didn't have any nicknames until high school where people just started calling me Jost, and I hated that. So, yeah. <laughs> I but, had yeah. one. Somebody, someone kid used to call me something, but I honestly, I can't remember what it was. Probably oh, no. wasn't nice, so that's probably I can't remember it. I don't know. Well, school wasn't the best experience for me. No, yeah. You got you to gotta make do with what you can now, and uh, hopefully it's going good for you, Jake, and... Uh, you know, keep it up, have fun. So thank you. Thank you for calling in. Hopefully, uh, did we answer everything there? Yeah, I think we did. Uh, let's move on to um, another email here. This one comes from uh, Talon, and it says, Hi, Brad and Jen. Just wanted to let you know I love your podcast and have been a fan since the beginning. It's got me through some tough times, and I really appreciate it. I am, however, a little concerned about the future. Yet again, 
I'm unsure if the future for Camp Cretaceous and Jurassic Park, uh, I'm unsure of the future for Camp Cretaceous and Jurassic Park as a whole. So I do have a few questions. First off, what do you think is in store for the future of Camp Cretaceous, if anything? Secondly, what do you think will come after Dominion? Yet again, uh, if anything. Thanks a lot. I hope there will be a future for the franchise and Camp Cretaceous uh, said, uh, this is from Talon, uh, from Australia. P.S. Sorry for the long email. I know you don't like reading, Brad. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't I know. Did I read this? Says that. Did I read this one before? I feel like we may have read this, but I have no idea. Um, I don't know. But it might be it might be interesting to answer again because, like, at least now we have the future of season three, um, or after season three. So, what 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 do you think is the future of Camp Cretaceous? Mm. Let's start there. Um, it's actually, I think it's surprising me more than I thought, because I thought a Camp Cretaceous would be maybe a one season or two max. Like, I thought they'd be off that island the end of season one or even two. I'm thinking, OK, well, now we're we're doing two years, of two seasons of this. And I'm surprised that it we're on three and we're still on the island and they're still finding ways to keep them there. And I'm I think it could go longer than I ever thought. Like, I thought it would be over real fast. So. And I think Collins even said recently that it's going to be around a while and there's a lot more to do. So that's just surprising to me because I did not think it would be this long. So probably we have a long way to go for that. Um, after Dominion, geez, I don't know. I don't know if, if we'll have another movie for a long time, if ever, probably at some point. But I don't know. That's a giant mystery. Like maybe some series and some things, some little things, but another actual movie or something like that. Oh my goodness, I don't know. That's as sad, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, I mean, some franchises like Marvel and stuff. You you know what's going on for the next like six years. You know, like you can see the timeline. You know what movies are coming out. You you know what TV shows are coming out. Uh, kind of the same with Star Wars, too. You know how long those are going to be running. But with Jurassic, it, I feel like we never know. We, we just never know what the plan is, mm -hmm. right? Like, So, we, we of course, now we know that, you know, we have Camp Cretaceous. So, that'll probably keep going, you know, based off the end of the season. You're like, okay, I can expect something more. Um, and then, you know, Dominion's in the future. But, like, after that, who knows? It would It would kind of be nice to be like Marvel or Star Wars where things are projected out way into the future where you kind of have a sense of what to expect and and it creates talking and discussion points you know for a long time you know i i also do um a live stream every other thursday over on the Forcecast, and we talk about star wars on their facebook page and that is that is fun to do because we can talk about what's happening so long in the future we're like yeah so what do you think about this this movie that's going to be in like 2024 or something or 26 you're like yeah, I don't know. It sounds like it'll be fun. So like you can talk about this stuff for so far, like so far out. Um, but uh, but yeah, I do think that um, let's, uh, going back to Camp Cretaceous, uh, I don't know. I foresee like six seasons or something like that. I don't know. Um, we just recently got a comment, I think, from Colin Trevorrow, uh, how he said there is a beginning, middle, and an end. And I'm, I'm assuming... He, I think he meant for Camp Cretaceous. So I, I, I don't know. Are we in the middle? Are we still towards the beginning? Are we more towards the end? I have no idea. Yeah, I feel I like I feel like we could be in the middle. Like getting off the island is like just the beginning or something like that. You know, I could definitely see that being a thing. Um, because as we know, they 
they do yeah they they get off the island right so they're they're heading away and then that's the end of the season right um but what does that mean for them i in my eyes i definitely see them going to sorna at this point so i do think we're going to get there i I have faith that we'll get there. Um, I feel like that's the most interesting plot point instead of just going back to Costa Rica, mm-hmm. just making it back to the coast and being safe and sound. I mean, look, they have a dinosaur on there. Uh, you have to, you know, figure out what's going on with Manicor, who's obviously right around there somewhere. They just sent a drone out again. So I feel like maybe their home base of operations is probably going to be on Sorna. Um, you know, maybe they set up like a temporary camp while the island's been destroyed or something like that to have, you know, reconnaissance missions out to Nublar. It's, what is it, 87 miles away? Um, So I feel like we'll go there, and then at some point we'll make it back to the mainland. And I've, I've said this a bunch of times, but I want a season in the future to line up with kind of the current timeline, at least what we have so far. I want it to be centered around the timeline of Fallen Kingdom, the the, the three years later, not the, the first part that we just got um, in season three, but, you know, when the kids are all at home and they're witnessing all these dinosaur interactions around America, um, seeing, you know, footage on TV or seeing things for themselves. And I really just want that to be like a, a we have to go rescue Bumpy mission because Bumpy's out there in America or something like that. And I think that could be really fun to see them aged up a little bit. You get a different version of the characters they're they're in different places they're uh, maybe some of them are a part of the dpg or something like that it could be a lot of fun to see mm. um but yeah i think i think there's a big future for for whatever camp cretaceous could could do i mean all of that is really interesting you're right because they could kind of weave them through like the jurassic lore that's already happened and and mm-hmm. that is neat i didn't actually think of that like i said i I guess I'm not taking it seriously enough because I thought it would just be this cute little thing last season or two, but like Colin seems all in on it and it seems he's very like passionate about making it connect to things and match up with Dominion. So um, I guess I should be taking it like more seriously yes. than just a cute little show. <laughs> Take it seriously. I mean, it seems like they are. I mean, we've gotten so many articles over the past few weeks that, that seem to, you know, indicate that, Things are going to go hand in hand and tie together and the the entire story will make a lot of sense when Dominion rolls around and stuff like that. And I think it could be a fun way, you know, for, you know, say, for instance, season six or something like that leads into Dominion or I don't know, or centered around there. It could be really fun to see the adventures of these kids uh, trying to track down a dinosaur that they love or something like that. So that's where my my ideas go for Camp Cretaceous, for Jurassic Park as a whole. Um, I uh, I definitely and I said it earlier. I definitely think things will come after Dominion, uh, but I feel like they'll just be one off things. I don't necessarily envision like another franchise installment again with like a trilogy of films or anything. I, I could definitely foresee like just like spin off films here and there centered around dinosaur interactions around the world, you know, like just solo encounters. I think it could be a lot of fun for them to just branch off with different species and just center around one species or a few or or something like that instead of, you know, a park and and all that. I feel like the park storyline will just be dead at that point. If you center it around like new characters, new species around the world, you have no reason to ever be like, 
you know, John Hammond back in the day, like it's it, forget about it. You know, it's it's dead at that point. So I think it could be interesting to to see them branch out and just forget about the past and just do what comes natural to dinosaurs, you know, in the wild. I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I could see that's where they're going. I do think the days of our park are, are gone pretty pretty soon here. They're definitely on their way out, Yeah, which is sad. I do like the park, but I get what you're saying. You kind of got to branch out. And I mean, the movies are obviously branching out. We're not going to be on the par- at the island anymore even. So potentially, I don't know. <laughs> but um, we'll see. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's changing. So I guess we'll adjust to that, to the change with it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Talon, for uh, for sending in that that. And if I read it, if we read it before, I have no idea. But uh, I think we gave you a different answer probably this time. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's move over to a voicemail from our buddy Yaroslav. So let's take a listen. Hey guys, it's Yaroslav. Uh, hope you guys have been doing well. Um, yep. I had a question. I'm. I guess this is kind of similar to the uh, my last calling because I was referring to the the wire a couple months ago, but I'm referring to uh, the latest wire again. And um, you guys, or sorry, Aaron and and Brad uh, were talking about potential um, Hammond prequel story, whatever. And you guys are making the argument about. Um, you know, and not being sustainable enough because it's like how interesting can Hammond's story prior to Jurassic Park be? You know, how can you have a whole series based on that? Especially if you're trying to um, capture the Jurassic Park fandom and, you know, people expect dinosaurs and stuff like that. So anyway, um, my question was, what would you guys think, you and Jen, about a, I guess, like origins, series or a prequel series that, I don't know, I guess it'd be called like Dress Park Origins or whatever, kind of like how X-Men was trying to do with Wolverine and then First Class. Oh, no. But uh, it'd be like, you know, one episode would be about Hammond's origin story, the next would be about Muldoon, and then, you know, Dr. Wu and Ray Arnold, and, you know, just, it'd be actors that are casted to look like younger versions, but it's, you know, it's uh, like every episode... I don't know how many seasons it would be, but, like, every episode, let's say it's, like, I don't know, five or six episodes a season, it'd be, like, an hour long, and it'd just kind of go over, you know, the history of each character prior to Jurassic Park, and then just kind of how they all, um, like, each episode for each character would end up, you know, right before the initiation of Jurassic Park, so it's, like, a interesting convergence uh, at the end of the season or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I just want to know what you guys thought about that. Or maybe if you had an idea that you could branch off of that um, to make, like, an origin series work instead of just doing one whole series on one character. Anyway, um, yeah, I liked Season 3 of Camp Cretaceous. I thought it was really good. And, um, yeah, that's all, <laughs> all I got to say. So you guys take it easy and keep up the good work. Thanks. <laughs> the uh, the trend continues, doesn't it? <laughs> that's amazing, isn't it? That is truly amazing. <laughs> Like, it's always different. It's always a different yeah. trend, but it's always a trend. It there, it's it, I I don't I can't even fathom why that happens every single time. But are we all like just like a hive mind, just thinking about like is there something that happens out in the in the universe that makes us all think about a certain thing? 
during a, a single month. I have no idea, but uh, yeah, it tied in perfectly. So let's let's talk about that, like Jurassic Park Origins or something like that. Do you do you think that would be a fun idea to have this like anthology series of different stories in like a single season? Um, yeah, I love anthologies. I do. I I really am a fan. So yeah, I would I would love that. I and I know. Um, I guess well, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. I mean, like both. I mean, I want to see all of it. Like I was just my my dream thing a minute ago was the whole process of getting Jurassic World started and built and funded and who's in charge of what so that would be something and then you could fill in the blanks and then we mentioned earlier about the Hammond um, prequel thing I mean with anthologies you could really do anything a lot of it so yeah yeah I think that could be definitely an interesting approach I don't yeah I don't think I've ever considered like that kind of series just focusing on everything i feel like it's it's a lot right it, it feels like a lot to ask of them and, and to maintain and i would definitely love seeing it though i mean like i would love to see all these stories like lead up and converge right like mm -hmm. you said i think you said like right, right around the start of jurassic park or something like that could be really fun to see how it all plays out um, and it, it would be a little less work, I feel like, than having a full season and a full season of answers and stuff like that for John Hammond. And it's definitely a way where you can get people enticed to watch a Jurassic series that doesn't necessarily focus on dinosaurs. You and, know, you know it time. covers it covers more ground without like just dragging things out, because you're saying mm -hmm. how a Hoskins thing would be really cool. But then you're like, well, how can they stretch that out very long? But exactly. If they just do it. <laughs> If they do it in little chunks, then um, it yeah. would work. That's so funny. Like, yeah, because before we we're just like, Hoskins, that would be cool, but like only for like, uh, you know, a small portion of it, but not the whole story. But like, exactly. Like, like one know. episode. What if you did yeah. an anthology? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one episode focusing on that would be perfect. You know, one episode focusing on Hammond. Like I said, Hammond it would be an amazing story to see but if you if you just give us like an hour story i think that's perfect we don't need to spend you know one single hour or two hours on the flea circus alone you know or well now maybe uh, i don't i don't know if there's enough story there, <laughs> there I mean, are some I, like... things that require a lot of time <laughs> but i agree how, though <laughs> how like how much time can you spend on a on a man who essentially just conned people you know to get to where he is like i don't know um but <laughs> i definitely like that idea a lot i think that could be interesting and, and and a good way to ground a series that focuses on maybe parts that are not extremely interesting to the general audience i i you know i think that could be a, a definitely a way to pull people in because if you just name something hammond uh people not, might not show up right but if you if you call something mm -hmm. jurassic park origins uh where you get to see you know all the origins of of these things it could be a lot of fun so yeah yeah i fully agree i fully agree with that did we uh, was that it i think we i think we answered everything right <laughs> i think so <laughs> Thank you, Yaroslav. Thank you. Uh, hopefully we hear from you again next month. But uh, let's move over to another email here. This comes from Christopher. And it says, Hi, I'm a relatively new listener to the podcast and was wondering if you all ever heard about the secret master list that Universal has 
when it comes to new or it comes to dinosaurs avail available to use in the Jurassic franchise. One of the showrunners for Camp Cretaceous recently did an interview and mentioned the list when asked about the Aranosaurus and the Monolophosaurus showing up in season three. I was interested in your thoughts on the list and what other possible dinosaurs that could be on it. Considering this is uh, what I believe, the the Monolophosaurus' first proper appearance in a Jurassic property that isn't a toy or a Ludia game. It feels like the Universal Master List isn't afraid to have a wider array of dinosaurs available. Apologies if you covered this on the latest podcast earlier today. Haven't listened yet, but I ran across my mind after listening to Camp Cretaceous Season 3 Spoiler Review Podcast, which came out a few days before the interview was published. Thanks, Christopher. So, have you heard about uh, a master list? Um, I want to say no, actually. I I don't think I have. And I want to ask, why do they need a master list? Can't they just use anything? Like, I don't know. Well, um, I'm trying to to bring up because he did tag the um, the article, which com- came from ComingSoon.net, I believe, and uh, it was an interview with Scott Kramer, who we've had here on the podcast before, talking about the show. So he did say here. Uh, actually, the interviewer said one of the best things about the series is all the new dinosaurs you're able to show up. How much freedom do you have to introduce and play around with these creatures? So Scott said, "Well, there aren't guardrails." There's a list in the Universal Franchise Handbook. I don't know if we're allowed to... (laughs) He says, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this stuff. It's secret stuff. But there is a list somewhere of every dinosaur that could plausibly be on Isla Nublar. Some are alluded to in the films or mentioned. So if you know... uh, So you know it's a pretty hefty list. That's what we started with. We Mm -hmm. couldn't just take any dinosaur that we came up with. Mm. So I think that gives us a good insight into what he meant, right? I feel like... Universal has a list, right, that showcases every instance, every mention, whether it's uh, a film or, uh, you know, something in Camp Cretaceous or maybe the website, you know, the Jurassic World website had a list of species and things like that. Uh, Maybe it's the viral marketing lists of uh, dinosaurs that are out there. But at least it sounds like they've they've got a comprehensive list, which you would you would expect, right? I, I would hope they do. I would hope they wouldn't just be like, well, oh, did we have a Sukumimus on the in the island? I don't remember. Um, I hope they have a list, right? It, seems, it sounds like they do at least mm-hmm. that there is there is a Universal Franchise Handbook, which is surprising news because I don't know That's that they followed it. I don't really know if they followed it all that well, but <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but I don't think it's like a list of dinosaurs that we could use, you know, like, like for instance, Monolophosaurus or Aranosaurus. I think those are like, well, those two weren't on the list. So we could technically use them because we didn't establish where they were before. You know what I mean? I'm trying. It's almost 1130. I'm really trying to know what you mean. <laughs> I'm trying to hear these words. Uh, I know. I know. <sighs> Pull it together. The list. The All list. I have is the list. Yeah. Yeah. I think if if a list had Raptor, T Rex, Dilophosaurus, Triceratops, I don't think that means that Camp Cretaceous can only stick to. Did I say four? I think four dinosaurs. Right. I think Camp Cretaceous can be like, hey, well, you didn't mention Monolophosaurus. Can we use that? And Universal's like, sure. Why not? We don't have it established. <laughs> You could use it wherever you want to. 
Um, so I think that's probably what what they mean by like we have this list. It's a pretty big list, so we know that's where where to start. But we can go wherever we want from there. And I, I think you have to disregard whatever you've seen on the JurassicWorld.com website with their park maps that have eventually already been destroyed and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't worry about what you've seen before on viral sites or anywhere else. Just see what you see in the films and know that there's probably more, you know? Yeah, I do wonder how big that list really is, though, and what it all encompasses and how much of it has we not explored yet and stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like when it comes to, like, Jurassic Park, you know, you have, like, the few dinosaurs that are seen there. But, like, I feel like it also has whatever dinosaurs were listed in the DNA slots that Dennis Nedry was taking from. You know, so you, you didn't necessarily see the dinosaur, right? But it's there. Uh, you know it's somewhere around there because they have the DNA for it. Um, or whether it's uh, dinosaurs that show up on computer screens in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom that you've never seen, um, you know? But mm -hmm. when it when it came time to make Battle at Big Rock, Nasutoceratops wasn't on that list, but they're probably like, that would be a cool dinosaur to, to add to that list. So now we can say there's a Nasutoceratops there, um, and we just started from scratch with this dinosaur, but this is the first instance you're seeing mm -hmm. it. But you you can think it was it was there before, you know? Yeah, I got you. So I think that I think I think we covered that one, right? I think I feel I think that's pretty good. Yeah, hopefully, I can't believe I never heard of the list before. Did you hear the list well, before? No, but you know, I and he he actually said uh, I'm not sure sure if i'm supposed to be talking about this stuff but uh but you know it's just like i said i feel like of course there is a list right they they have to have a list of of dinosaurs i don't think it's any like proprietary information it's just like you know it's just somebody made a spreadsheet and just put a bunch of dinosaurs in it that you've seen on screen or were referred to on screen or visually you read their name or something like that you know i think uh that's probably it it's not like a big to do you know, like like he comes out like with like a huge scroll and just un unrolls it at <laughs> oh, your feet man. and it just goes on for days. You know, that's what I expect, <laughs> though. That's what I want to see. That's what I, I I want that to just be a thing that exists. I'll never see it, but I want the scroll to be something that exists that other people see. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think anybody's gonna see it, but uh, maybe one day. Maybe one day. But I want to uh, exist. <laughs> Thank you, Christopher. Uh, definitely some thought-provoking topic topics there. So uh, let's move over to another email. This one comes from Bailey, and it says, Season 3 of Camp Cretaceous was amazing. The Scorpius Rex is officially my favorite hybrid. Uh, my problem with the Indominus Rex was that it was simply too perfect for a hybrid dinosaur. It had some of the unexpected def defects that you would expect from a hybrid animal, such as the ability to hide from thermal detection. However, it looked like another real dinosaur. The Scorpius Rex looked like a monster. I can imagine that Wu was just throwing some random DNA into a melting pot and waiting to see whatever came out. So on that topic, uh, other than the scorpion fish, what dinosaurs and other genes went into making the Scorpius Rex? Thanks always <laughs> for continuing to make such a great show. Thank you, Bailey. <laughs> I got to that ending question and I was like, oh no, I have no idea. <laughs> no, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know either. Um, you know, my, my first guess would be 
you know, just like like the Indominus, I would assume maybe there's a Velociraptor in there somewhere, right? Um, see, the thing is that this thing was made before the Indominus because they mentioned in season three that it was the first ever hybrid. So I don't know why they specifically went from small hybrid dinosaur to big hybrid dinosaur and then back to small hybrid dinosaur because the ultimate goal was to send these things into war, smaller versions of them, you know? So <laughs> I don't know why they went from small, which they, they did right away. Why did he move up to big and then back to small? I don't know. But so I'll, I'll say Velociraptor, but I don't know. Maybe was there no T-Rex in there or was there only like baby T-Rex DNA? I don't know. <laughs> See, that is what's weird about it. If it's supposed to be the first hybrid before the Indominus, it doesn't feel like that because it feels like it's like a precursor to the Indoraptor, but with some Indominus in it. So it's kind of like an Indoraptor-Indominus mix. So the fact that this was like the first thing made before the Indominus, how do you go from that to the Indominus, though? And then to the Indoraptor after that? Like, it's a bit weird. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I just feel like... Dr. Wu was like, well, I'm I'm not good at making these small things. You know, I can't I can't do it. Uh, I know how to make a big one. Maybe if I throw a T-Rex in there, it'll balance it out. It'll make things a little bit steadier. And and then he's like, from there, maybe I can scale it down once I create the bigger one. But I don't know how to start small. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's plausible, but uh, not a great explanation. I get it, though. That's like me with cooking. I make these absurd portions. I don't know <laughs> how to make, like, a small portion of something. So I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, like, yeah. there's always way too much spaghetti. I can't cut it down, no matter how hard I try. So I get it. But you know what's weird, though, is uh, the fact that the Indoraptor was obviously made from the Indominus. So why mm -hmm. do we... Why do we get two creatures, the Scorpius and the Indoraptor, that look so very similar, exactly. but just just refined? When the original Indominus, Indo, oh my God, these names. <sighs> when the Indoraptor used the Indominus DNA, I don't know. Um, I, I have no idea, but I'm looking at some not confirmed DNA list of the Indoraptor, and it says Velociraptor Indominus Rex, which I guess the Indominus therefore included. T-Rex, Giganotosaurus, Majungasaurus, Rogops, and Therizinosaurus, right? Is that it? Um, and then maybe there's some Crocodilian, Dinosuchus, or mm -hmm. Albiosaur, uh, a modern carnivore, car carnivore in, I don't know how to say these words, uh, mammal, and most likely cat DNA. Okay, that's definitely <laughs> not confirmed. So just because the Indoraptor is climbing downwards does not mean it has cat DNA. But maybe the Scorpius does. Who knows? Dr. Wu was like, I don't know. How do I make this thing small? Let's throw some cat DNA in there. What's <laughs> what's happening anymore? What is even happening? So definitely know. don't look don't at know. JurassicWorldFandom.com because I'm pretty sure there's not cat DNA. But, uh, but it does make me wonder because this... Scorpius stood up right at one point. I did think about it, and it crossed my mind if there was any kind of human DNA in there, just because it looked like the chest of a human. Yeah, you know, it, it looked kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It could be some weird mix that he's like, you know what? I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna put put some human DNA in there. See what happens. And uh, yeah, it didn't work out. 
Yeah, I kind of thought that too, like the way it moves sometimes. But yeah, I have no idea, no idea what's in there. Um, yeah, like I, I, I read off the Indominus DNA, but you would assume there's a lot of that stuff in there, but I don't know. And it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense. I don't necessarily care either what sense any of it makes because I like the Scorpius, I like the Indoraptor, and I like the Indominus. So that I think they all work, um, but maybe not completely cohesively but um whatever it is what it is nothing really works cohesively in these these movies anyway so um yeah i think that was about it from that question right yeah yeah all right so let's move on thank you uh to bailey there let's move on to our final one our final voicemail this comes from uh, i believe this co it comes from blake it actually came in right before we started recording we almost answered it live when we were sitting there so even though we Everyone's weren't technically recording <laughs> so uh take it away blake what's up dudes hope i what's didn't up? catch you too late uh, <laughs> uh i'm a lifer man i've been into jurassic park since i was seven years old and i saw it brand new june 1993 i'll never forget it i had the toys i had the uh, swag i had PJ, I had the cereal when the Lost World came out. I had everything. Yes. Uh, Camp Cretaceous was amazing. I, I loved it. I loved how dark it got. Uh, season 3 was ridiculously awesome. Uh, Yaz's Hammond comment really threw me a loop. I lost it. Mm. I was like, this, this is genius. Um, <clears throat> I loved what they did with it. I hope they continue it. As a lifer, as somebody who's really biased, <laughs> I loved it. Uh, like, 10 for 10, when season four come out? It's 10 for 10, I'll watch it later. Um, <laughs> I hope they do more with it and expand with it. I can't wait for Dominion. Everything I see about Dominion just gets me more and more stoked. Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad it got delayed, too, just because. I think it'll be a better product if they can push it off. Cause, I mean, if they rush it and it turns into a, you know, a mess, you know, I'd rather <laughs> they waited. Because, oh, my Lord, I see all the stuff for it. And I just get stoked. My biosyn coming back. And I have a theory, too. My theory is that Maisie was not cloned by Ed Jim. I think biosyn did it. Ooh. And the reason I think that is because they said that Hammond said in Fallen Kingdom, you did an unholy thing. You know, and Hammond had a bit of a God complex. So I really think he, you know, made a deal with the devil. And hmm. it was really, really, I, that's my personal theory. But, uh, you guys, I hope you have a great one. We don't have a, uh, we don't have a uh, may the force be with you or be, uh, <laughs> live long and prosper. <laughs> so I'll just say be excellent to each other, and you guys have a good one. <laughs> Wait, bye -bye. so you're just Aww. you're just gonna take one from from Bill and Ted? <laughs> um, what do we? Yeah, we don't have one, do we? We just have uh, no, we need nothing. One. I know you we know uh, any of it. 
if you listen no, to like, have, like stay jurassic isn't oh that yeah one? yeah there you go tom tom fishenden made that up stay safe stay jurassic that's that it, there it is right there so use that next time call in again and, and just just end it like that um that's that's perfect uh i know like the indiana jones uh franchise and the indie cast have like if adventure has a name it must be indiana jones so like that works for that but yeah everybody else that's has really one, long so. <laughs> i know it is a long one but like it, it feels it feels right um but stay safe stay jurassic that's that's the way to go right there thanks for mm-hmm. reminding me um that was a great voicemail that was a good way to to finish off here uh, at the end of the show. So kind of summed up everything we kind of talked about. Yeah, I and I, I want to go back. I want to talk about the big thing that he mentioned at the end. But um, some things that I liked about the voicemail here. Um, obviously, he mentioned a lifelong fan, right? Um, mm-hmm. and a lifer, I think you said. Lifer, yeah. Um, so one thing I really appreciate that is like how much Camp Cretaceous is resonating with a lot of, you know, lifelong fans. Uh, and I, I love that. I, I'm so happy and so thankful that that show is something that we actually can sit there and watch and enjoy and, and not necessarily just say that it's for kids. And I know a lot of people will, but I, I don't see it that way. When I watch it, I love it and I enjoy it. And I think of it right alongside the rest of the franchise. Um, so to me, you know, as a, also a lifelong Jurassic fan, um, I, I really, really dig that show and I love everything they're doing. And, and I have, I have no real issues, you know, nothing brutal to say about it as a older Jurassic Park fan nowadays, you know, somebody <laughs> who, uh, and I think like he said, like somebody that's, you know, got strict opinions on things that have been around since, you know, the early nineties, like we, you would think we had have, we would have every right to be like, no, this is my Jurassic Park and I like it my <laughs> way. But I, you know, that's not really the kind of environment we really cultivate here. And, uh, you know, we try to like everything and, you know, not even try, but just do, you know, most of the time. So, um, so yeah, that really stuck with me when he was saying that. See, that was me though, back before Jurassic World came out and the first trailer came out and all of that, that yeah. was me. I was like, no, this is my movie. This is my thing. They're messing it up. I can't do it. I hate this thing. Hate everything. Burn it all. Like that was me. But um, but they, I mean, they won me over. They did an excellent job, and I'm I'm convinced. So I'm here for the ride. Then I'll, I'll trust them a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and I think with deep cuts, and he mentioned uh, that there's like a quote from Yaz in there, and that there's a amazing oh, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know you didn't read the book, right? But I'm sure Josh has read the book several times, yes. right? Yes. Yes. So I'm sure he was freaking out, right? When yes. when they when they <laughs> they come up to the visitor center and they're they they talk about like the ghosts of Jurassic Park, essentially mm-hmm. like the place is haunted, and there's there's rumors that like the old you know owner or whatever died out here uh, from some compies or something like they said, and it just like I heard that and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. They're referring to the book and it's just beautiful and the fact that like they can take parts of the book that are different from the movie and just make them mythology in a way that like there are stories out there and rumors, internet rumors, or just like, you know, stuff handed down that like explain things differently. And it's, it's kind of like playing the game telephone, you know, at a party where you like whisper something in somebody's ear and, 
you know, it ends up changing by the time it gets to the final person. Um, so I love that. I love that they they utilize the book in that way. We've we've never seen that with the franchise before. So that was really cool. Yeah, I know Josh freaked out a little bit and then was like, <laughs> he kind of explained what that was. And I th- I agree. I think that's that's amazing. That is that is every that that that's perfect. And that's kind of another point where I kind of feel guilty about not really dismissing the series, but just kind of like thinking, oh, it's just going to be this this little thing for Netflix, this little cartoon. I mean, it'll be fun. It'll be great. I'll watch it and all. But I mean, there's a lot in there that I want people to see because like that and a couple other things that I'm thinking I want. I want Jurassic people to watch this. I want casual Jurassic fans to watch this. Like it's important. It's more important than I gave it credit for. Um, and I'm seeing that the more that it goes on. And like my dad is not podcast Jurassic. Like he's not love. It doesn't love it that much that he could sit here and talk <laughs> on a podcast. But he loves it enough. Like he respects it and he watches it and he likes it. He enjoys it and such. And he's the one who brought me into it. Like it's it's to the level that I I think he I want him to watch it and I I want all casual Jurassic people to watch it because there's a lot in there. Like they're, they're really taking it seriously and more than I gave them credit for, for sure. And stuff like that is really like surprising me and pleasantly surprising me. And I, I'm sure that they have more of that to go, but there are certain things I'm like, Oh, come on, more people need, you need to see this. Like more people need to see this now. Cause it's really a big deal. Exactly. I think, yeah, that just summed it up. Like, having this show uh, and what whatever they're making now just be available to so many different people, it's it's really awesome to see. Like I was talking about with the Velocicoaster stuff. Like, it's cool to see a new audience exper- experiencing things that we've all loved forever, you know? So I, I think that's really cool to see. And, and this show has definitely done that. And uh, it's really awesome to hear people who've been around since the beginning just really, you know, rave about it. But I do want to talk about his theory here about Maisie being cloned by mm. Biosyn. This kind of blew my mind. I don't think we've ever talked about this as a possibility. I, I don't think so. Maybe it's been mentioned no. somewhere, but... I mean, I'm actually, I don't think it has, but it, it makes sense. So I don't know why it hasn't, because it actually really makes a lot of sense, I yeah. think. I like you know, that theory. I, I really like that, and that could be an interesting way to bring the company back into the fold um, and to maybe, I don't know, maybe... Maybe it has something to do with Dr. Wu in there and giving him a conscience or something like that. But I don't know. I think uh, I think that's an interesting way to look at it and could could make for some like really fun reveals. Maybe it's been ruined here on the podcast already. But mm-hmm. um, but, uh, you know, having we just ruined the entire like, yeah, twist. <laughs> I know. Sorry, everybody. Not a spoiler, technically, but, uh, you know, s- Sorry. I guess <laughs> just like I spoiled the entire intro for Dominion by making it up myself too, you know? So it's, you never know. You never know what's going to get spoiled for things that have never been released that we have no idea about. So right. that's, that's theorizing and speculation for you. Um, but uh, that is such an interesting idea because I feel like everybody has been thinking this whole time that like there was a, you know, obviously there was a fallout with Hammond and, we probably just assumed that it was an in-house deal where he had Dr. Wu make this mm-hmm. kid and have, you know, probably a bunch of iterations, failed attempts, stuff like that. Um, but to consider that Dr. Wu maybe had no idea is is an interesting plot. 
Like, cause he didn't, or even, he didn't know, right? He had no idea. I, I like, at least we don't see, he? we don't see that he had any idea in Fallen Kingdom, do we? I, I don't know now. I got, I can't remember. I don't, I don't know because I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe he tried to do it through his company or his business people, his people, and uh, maybe Lockwood is the one that stopped him, and and then he went over to another company and was like, well, I want this done, and. I mean, I have it backwards, but you know what I mean. Hammond stopped. Imagine, I'm so tired. You know what I mean? <laughs> imagine if, like, it goes super, super deep, and this is just me, like, wildly speculating, but, like, maybe there's, like, a piece, like, a, one of those vials of DNA that uh, that Nedry grabbed from that canister that actually said Maisie on it. <laughs> and, like, and like it's just, like, oh my tied. Like, he, that was the real thing was, like, Dodgson wanted the DNA and he used it as a ploy. He didn't care about the dinosaurs. He only wanted the human DNA to be able to clone it for Lockwood. But Lockwood's like, look, you got to go in on your own. I can't have any part of this. I left the vial in the, in the, on the island and I can't go get it because I had a fallout. Hammond won't let me back. <laughs> so you got to go in there, have a, a rogue agent, you know, let's say Nedry. He seems like a good guy that would be able to do it. Um, and then that's where maybe Dr. Wu comes in. He needs to catch the, get the vial before that 36 hours where it, it goes away or whatever, however long it was. Um, that that could be a mind-bending twist that we just ruined. Yeah, I that's insane, actually. Um, Ch- it, changes the, it changes insane. everything. It changes the entirety of Jurassic Park. It does. You know? Yeah. That could be really wow. cool. I think I would we be okay with that. It. <laughs> we uh, ruined would you, it. For I don't really, I have we don't know really details. I know people speculate and have theories about when Maisie was alive and died and how old she was whenever, but like that could be one of those mind-bending twists that like nobody saw coming until until our our voicemail here from Blake. So now. Blake you just you just blew the lid off this smoking guns right here and and we have all the evidence i think that we need by just talking um so i yeah. i don't even know where to go from there because that was that's an amazing idea and i'm would I you be okay how... would you be okay with that like if jurassic park yeah. was forever changed in that way i think i would because no, it makes these movies feel more connected to the franchise and i'm all about that so i think so but like, um, yeah, that is, you know what, you know why it probably seems like a realistic uh, plot point or a twist in the movie because it's not that far fetched. I mean, a little, but it's like staring you right in the face. It's like one of those twists that are kind of just right in your face. And you just don't see it, and then it happens. You're like, oh, it makes perfect sense. So, um, like that's why it's it's not it's 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 not like totally ridiculous because it seems like it could happen. Man, that is like my mind's blown. I don't know. I feel like all conversation from here on out is, is going to be changed. (laughs) 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 Like uh, completely changes everything. I feel like in my eyes. And if they don't do this, I would be like, ah, it was right there. You had it. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst though. It could have been really cool. And I don't know, like, I, I obviously the entire thing is not plotted out in my head just yet, but, like, that that could be a really fun way to, to reintroduce Biosyn and 
still do all that stuff I said back on the wire, you know, ages ago about the introduction to the to Dominion with flashback sequences and stuff like that. It could still work in that way, but man, it would be so cool to have it tie into Maisie. And maybe maybe there would I don't know if the entire uh fan community would love that but i think it could be mm. really interesting i don't know i mean i get what you're saying um there are some purists even though they purists they love Cambridge, they love a lot of it they love everything but messing with the original in that way um it might rub people the wrong way but i love the idea of connecting the films i love that i love bringing it back so i'm for it because i love i love that full circle thing so but i could see how people could kind of hate yeah. it yep yep i i could definitely see that being like not i don't know like you know how a lot of people say you ruined my childhood like yeah, with yeah. <laughs> with something and you know you do hear that from time to time when it comes so to jurassic dramatic. you know yeah exactly i mean um and and speaking of which, I was just on a podcast titled that, uh, This Podcast Ruined My Childhood. And I talked about, actually, I, a long time ago, I was on there and I talked about Jurassic World and, and the, new, the new movies and everything. And how did it ruin my childhood when these new movies came out? No, obviously not. The answer is no. I'm still here doing this. <laughs> but like, it's an interesting question. I know people do feel that way, right? You know, but um, I... Yeah, that is a way to end this. That is it. That's that. Thank you, Blake. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for calling late and uh, getting that in there just before we started recording. So, yeah, and it's at the very end of the show. Hopefully, everybody still is is tuning in to hear our fun theories. So, yeah, let's get that conversation rolling. So, uh, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about, I think, and to maybe follow up on next time around, next month in July. Jurassic I mean, June. You know what? is over next time next time in july maybe we'll have like a teaser trailer or something oh that's right that's right i i yeah there's probably oof. you know that's the thing about having a jurassic june mailbag is like we're really only talking about whatever happened in may so yeah the jurassic june mailbag might not be the biggest one but july I, yeah, I cannot even. I Jurassic can't even imagine. July is the one. I can't even imagine what's going to happen there. It's going to be crazy. So, stick around, everybody, and uh, of course, you know, send in your your voicemails, your emails. Uh, hit us up seven three two eight two five seven seven six three. Leave a voicemail, or if you want to, you can just email us uh, your thoughts. You can email us an MP three or a voice memo from your phone. Send those to JurassicParkPod at gmail and uh, we do have a contact form on our website where you can also send a little message as well. So thank you to everybody who who sent in uh, a voicemail or a message today. We really appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, and Jen, thank you for joining me once again. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this for, was a good one. Thanks for having me on this June 1st, Jurassic June start <laughs> of, the, of, the, of the month. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> don't you—you're almost there. The finish line is what just around saying? the corner. I don't know. I don't know. So, where where can everybody find you online oh. if if they oh, wish right, to right, do right. so? <laughs> I doubt they want to, but if you want to, um, you can find me at Jennifer underscore Lynn eighty nine. Uh, I do the Bryce Dallas Howard Network at BDH Network, and I do the uh, Jurassic Vault, JurassicVault.com, and at 
Jurassic Vault. Archiving all of your Jurassic memories one pixel at a time. Wow, I love that. I love it. <laughs> I, every time I feel like you say that every time, and I'm like, oof, that's good. <laughs> I just got to say it. It, it is. It, it, I have to say it. it's very See, good. See, you, know, you even have a tagline, but the Jurassic franchise, yeah. it, it, we had to rely on Tom. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> So thank you, Jen, and uh, we'll, we'll do this again in July, and uh, hopefully we have trailers and all kinds trailers. of fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe it. I can't even believe that we're that like that close. We should be having the movie in like two weeks right now. Oh yeah, seriously. Oh man. Well, it's not happening, but uh, next year, next year, we'll Maybe we'll go we'll go to the theaters. We'll see it. Yep, it, it'll be good. I'm I'm. I'm very excited for mm -hmm. next year. Next year is going to be great, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's head out of here. Thanks so much, and uh, I'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Hi everyone, it's Tom here with a special announcement. Thank you for letting me put this in here, Brad. So guys, we wanted to invite you to send in a video message of one thing you are looking forward to in Jurassic World Dominion. We're nearly a year out, and that means it's time to get excited. So we're putting some videos together for a very special project, which we will be announcing soon. This project is all centred on the Jurassic community, Jurassic Dune and getting people excited for the future and you guys are a vital part of that. So send your video message in, one thing you're looking forward to in Jurassic World Dominion to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com That's JurassicParkPod at gmail.com Preferably landscape video recording so we can edit them all together easily. Uh, if it's not landscape, don't worry too much though, I will make it work. And please, please, please send in your video messages. We want as many people as possible to be a part of this special project uh, that we are very, very excited to share soon. Thanks so much, guys. so much for listening to this episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. Of course, a huge thanks to each and every person who sent in a voicemail, whoever wrote in, whatever you did to contact us. Thank you so much. We always appreciate it and we love getting to the bottom of all of these things and we never know what's going to come in. We have no idea what we're about to talk about and that's what I love about this segment. It's kind of like it's like a little improv, it's like a little let's come up with some fun theories, whatever we can do, and of course, let's try to relay the most information we possibly can. So I always have so much fun with Jen, so thank you so much to Jen for joining me once again for the mailbag. And uh, yeah, Jurassic June, always fun, but I think, as we were saying, Jurassic July, maybe, we, maybe we start calling it, maybe that's, maybe that becomes a thing for the podcast, at least, because a lot of the conversations will end up in July that uh, center around June. So I'm very excited for whatever July brings. And uh, and I can't wait to hear all of the conversation 
from June in the next mailbag. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I don't have anything else for you guys, but I did want to say make sure you guys are staying safe out there. Make sure you are kind to each and every person you interact with. Um, And uh, yeah, that's about it. So thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to myself for the outro. Thanks, everybody. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Be sure to give us a follow over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So be sure to follow along. Also, don't miss our live streams, toy hunts, reviews, in-depth bonus content, gameplay, event and theme park coverage, and much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of most episodes, so be sure to spare no expense. Find us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com where you'll find today's episode's show notes, articles, contributor bios, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or send emails to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Make sure to be kind to everybody and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening and enjoy. You know, we haven't talked about shelves in a, in a long time. My goodness. Well, now <laughs> we got to start all over again. <laughs>